why these are the three tenets of living yoga. Seva, satsang, swadhyaya. But notice that swadhyaya, self-study, comes last because you've got to purify, open to grace and truth. Then you'll see what you're trying to study. Welcome to the Solace and Shine podcast. This podcast is part of an online community at solaceandshine.ca. It is a platform for those yearning to remember their true purpose. We are coming to you from Ishtadev Niwas Ashram in the Purcell Mountains of beautiful British Columbia, Canada, within the unceded territory of the Tanaha Nation. The Solace and Shine podcast dives into teachings from the soul's ancestral roots. The teachings are here so that we may embrace the human experience and live it with beauty, courage, and creativity. These teachings will make you want to lean in and shine wholeheartedly together in community. Allow me to introduce to you our host and guide, Sanyasi Shivani. Shivani has worked as a medium and a spiritual teacher for the last 20 plus years. Through her dedicated practice as a renunciant and a teacher of yoga, she guides community through all aspects of living and embodying spirit through foundations of love, service, yoga ecology, and elevated esoteric teachings. Are you ready to embody your light? Welcome to the Solace and Shine podcast. Hello, this is Chai, a longtime student of Ishtadev Niwas, and we wanted to close our second season by inviting you to listen to the explanation of a teaching that is so practical in its application in today's world, the three tenets of living yoga. The first tenant is seva, which is offering service from a place of Atmabhav. To get to this stage, we practice karma yoga in an ashram. The second is satsang, which is sitting in the presence of truth. This is when we gather in community and receive transmissions of light coming through our teachers. And last is swadhyaya, which translates as self-study. This starts with the study of the scriptures, satsangs, and then evolves into studying of how we are experiencing the teachings in real life and real time. I could listen to these lectures over and over again while I stir cheese here at Niwas. They are really soothing to me. And I would say it's because of the transmission of light that they impart from the lineage. They inspire me to keep learning about myself as I interact with the world. Here at Niwas, I get multiple opportunities to practice karma yoga, listen to or read satsangs, and practice self-study. With a combination of all three of these, I have experienced grace, flow, and an honest-to-goodness love for life. I have had also multiple opportunities to experience some of my samskaras and the vasanas, or impulses to act out the beliefs. It will grip me so strongly, bringing confusion, anger, and finally tears, which is my usual pattern. Sometimes I'm at a place where I can breathe through it, and other times it catches me by surprise and all I can do is watch myself come apart and fall back into old patterns. And then, like magic, the little details of living here and the loving container that is the ashram will bring 
an understanding and I gain a little bit more wisdom that allows me to open up to a whole new expanded experience of life. It gives me another foothold to leap forward with enthusiasm and positivity at the opportunity of more karma yoga where I can practice loving life and living more deeply with the world. I feel that this is a good opportunity to mention that this is exactly what we get in the Roots and Wings program that is coming up in April. The intake for registration is happening now, and the program is filled with healing practices, satsangs, and opportunities to practice karma yoga. Enjoy the lecture about seva, satsang, and swadhyaya. This week we're going to be exploring uh, the three tenets of living yoga. Um, the three tenets of living yoga, as prescribed by Swami Satyasangananda last year in the satsang, was uh, seva, satyam, and swadhyaya. So uh, let's start with seva, okay? Uh, seva means service. Now, in the West, uh, we get all sort of like high and mighty and, and holier than thou. I'm going to do service and I'm, I'm going to, uh, you know, help the poor and I'm going to do this and I'm, I'm going to go volunteer here and do this, um, which is not accurate. Uh, <laughs> um, Seva to do service means, that you are in a state of being where you can understand the karmas of what is going to reduce the suffering of another and are able to do that unconditionally and um, with, with perfection and precision. Um, this is what seva is. Now, in all the years that I've been going to Rikia, I do not believe that I have. No, no, I've I've never done seva. Okay. Now I'm 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 speaking to you from a very personal perspective, from a very personal place. Okay. Um, there's going to be different. Uh, different things that you will read that will explain it differently, but I'm going to explain it to you from my direct experience. Okay. Now what I mean by I've never done Seva is that I don't believe that I've ever come into a place where I have been able to understand the karmas of what is needed to reduce the suffering of somebody else completely unselfishly, which means um, I have been practicing karma yoga. So karma yoga is the preparation for seva. Now, what is really cool is that when we go to Rikya, because Sri Swamiji was a Paramahansa, because Sri Swamiji uh, was in that place, Swami Satsangi is in that place, Swami Naranjan is in that place where they can see the karmas, where they can direct what needs to happen and how it needs to happen for to reduce the suffering of all, um, seva does happen at Rikia. But it's not me performing the seva. It's me hooking into the flow of seva from a paramahansa. And I think that this is really important to understand the difference. It's not me practicing seva or me doing seva. 
because I don't have the awareness to know the karmas of what is actually going to reduce the suffering and how that is the best flow of energy for dharma. So, but because we are putting ourselves in a position where we are following the instructions of a paramahans, of somebody who does know that, somebody who is in a state and able to serve unconditionally, and because we're willing to put ourselves in that place where we uh, um, do the bidding or, or uh, do the actions on behalf of or in that, we are actually getting the blessings. We are actually uh, receiving the, the benefits of being part of the right action of the dharma of a paramahans. So to be part of the sankalpa of a paramahans, to, to be part of that flow of energy of seva, of right action, is a huge blessing. It's a huge honor and it's a, it's a huge responsibility. Um, but I do not delude myself into thinking that I am doing seva. I am practicing karma yoga in the service of the sankalpa of Swami Satsangi and Sri Swamiji. But I don't know the karma, so I am not doing the seva. When you get into a, a, an experience of Atma Bhav, when you sit in an experience of Atma Bhav and you look at somebody and you can see the karmas and you can see the patterns and you can see what is needed, that is the place that the actions that births, birth from you in that moment, that is when you start serving. Um, until then we're practicing karma yoga. So practicing karma yoga. Practicing karma yoga is about purification. It's purifying all the layers of ignorance from Agnya Chakra. It's purifying uh, the, the delusion um, of the ego, the ego's perspective, right? So we do that, we can practice karma yoga at home, but it's very challenging because who is making the decision of what's being done? Well, you are, or your family is, or, you know, well then how do you know that that is not the decisions that are recreating the delusion of their own egos? Uh, hold on reality you don't which is why we go to ashram to practice karma yoga to surrender what we think needs to be done and come into the flow of just what's being asked um, at Niwas we practice that uh, to to create a, a, a framework of, of understanding the teachings of karma yoga and understanding the principles of karma yoga and really uh, working with that preliminary foundation so that when, if we go to Rikya and we are then able to get into the flow of the Paramahansa's um, Sankalpa or intention, that we can get out of our own way. And we can just jump in and, and go because then we receive so much more. And that's the thing with karma yoga. Practicing karma yoga um, is, a, is a selfish, <laughs> it's a selfish uh, thing to do. It's not selfless. I don't understand why people think practicing karma yoga is the selfless act. <laughs> it's not. It's, it's completely selfish and it's necessary because we have to be able to purify 
and when the ego needs to be purified when the perspective when the discernment needs to be purified when we need to look at surrender and control contentment and uh depression and anger and uh, um i can't remember um you know when we want to look at all those aspects of manipura chakra then we have to put ourselves in a container that we are going to be able to see that because the ego is a very, very slippery, tricky thing. And um, it, if it's making, if it's calling the shots, it will always protect itself. And if the ego is protecting itself, then it is trying to protect you from pain. It's protecting you from uncomfortableness. It's protecting you from, from the vasana, the impulse, to prove the uh, the samskara is correct, right? So it's it's always going to give you the impulse to stay in an action that is holding you in a limited state of consciousness. The ego does not want you to expand your consciousness. The ego wants to be safe. Okay, and the way that ego wants to be safe is to create fear around anything that creates expansion. But once you've understood, once you start once you start feeling that expansion, you you understand that uh, the ego is um, is is the three year old toddler that that doesn't understand the big picture and just wants everything to be exactly how it how it um, knows. And and that's not really what the soul is fed from. The soul is fed from expansion and connection and liberation. Uh, so tantra, tanoti, triati. Um, so this is seva. Okay, so understand the difference between seva. Seva is service when acted from a place of atma bhav, from acted from a place where the sankalpa or the intention has been created from a space or a level of consciousness that understands the karmas, that is knows what is going to reduce the suffering and can offer that unconditionally, does not need a thank you, does not need uh, accolades, does not need recognition, does not need anything. It's so full that it can, it can just give and walk away. And this is the, the, the Sankalpa of a Paramahansa. This is what we are part of in Rikia, which is a very, 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 very beautiful experience. Um, to get to that experience, we need to practice Karma Yoga. And that is what helps reorganize and, and shift the um, orientation of the ego so that the ego can start to release its grip on reality and come into a supportive role rather than a leadership role uh, in our life. And that is also liberating and beautiful. Um, so this, this is Seva, okay? So first we practice Karma Yoga. And Karma Yoga is, uh, it is, it is uh, college. In terms of yoga, Hatha Yoga is Muladhara and Swadastan. Asana is Muladhara. These are the levels of consciousness where we practice. Um, Manipura is, is a different level of awareness needed to even start practicing, right? Otherwise, we get into these stories and languaging around woofing and 
volunteering and and you know helping <laughs> all right karma yoga is a science it needs to be studied it needs to it's a practical science of reorientating the ego in action so that we can come into every state of our being from a meditative state from a one-pointed state from a, a place where we are in dharma in harmony with everything um but to do that you have to be able to go okay ego yes you have your place yes we need you over here right now there's something else that's coming through here and i can discern the difference between the two i know when it's my ego wanting something and i know when it's uh not my ego wanting something um and and then knowing which action to act upon in that moment and this is what the the strength that karma yoga does it's very hard to explain it, it you need to experience it and uh when you start to feel money put a bubble to the surface um it's, it's a great time to to do that so that is seva then you have satsang now satsang means to be in the in the presence of truth okay traditionally satsang is where you would come and you would sit with uh the teacher or the the guru or the the saint and just to be in their presence would reorganize your energy body it's not about what they say it's not about how they say it it's literally about sitting in the aura of the frequency that they have attained um and i can tell you from experience it's quite wild it's 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 very um it's lovely <laughs> it's lovely to sit in the presence of a seat whether it's swami satsangi or whether it's ama or whether it's um you know ananda maima or whether it's um uh um Oh, the Neem Karoli Baba. You know, this it's about the, the frequency of consciousness that they were embodied. When I was uh had the the blessing of being able to sit in the presence of uh Sri Swamiji. Now it was never like one on one, it was never anything like that. He didn't even, you know, speak to me directly except once. But you know, I was in a room full of fifty other people, but it didn't matter. His aura was so huge that you were the only person in the room um and all you could feel was love and it wasn't about what he was directing at he wasn't directing it at anything he was just embodying a frequency of love that is beyond anything i've ever experienced and i'm a mama i got i don't understand the mother's love this was beyond that um and to be in satsang to be in the presence of truth actually reorientates your energy body so that you have clarity so that you ha understand you know there sometimes i'll be thinking about something and i really need to talk to swami satsangi about it and blah 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 and i'm thinking about this and it's really you know it's blah blah blah, blah. and then i get into you know i'll be sitting with her or away from her or just in her presence um and i'll realize it has it's it's irrelevant <laughs> it's like completely unnecessary to speak to her about anything of it um be, and just being in her presence reorganizes my uh my um uh priorities uh into something that is is 
much more harmonious and makes me uh, experience a lot more clarity and a lot more calmness than my neuroses about things. So um, if you don't have the opportunity to be in the presence of uh, of a master, then uh, we can do this or we can start to get to get the feeling of this by reading satsangs. And, and a lot of what we've put up on the... Um, from the yoga mag is actually satsangs that have been transcribed um, and the reason for that is that they hold a transmission because the transmission is the energy it's the aura of the person that's speaking so that transmission that comes through and it's not from them it's through them like this is where the the beauty the importance of being part of a lineage is that there's a frequency of light that comes from generation to generation all the way through from uh, through the person to unconditionally to whoever's sitting in front of them. And our responsibility is to get clear enough and purified enough so that we can actually feel the absorption. We can actually understand what the transmission is saying. We can actually um, uh, catch it and appreciate it and not be so um, mired in our own delusion that we reject it or that we uh, don't understand what's happening or we don't really sort of feel what's happening because it's happening. I can tell you it's, it's definitely happening. Um, and so we can do this by reading satsangs, um, and reading books that have been written by them, like autobiography of a yogi of Yogananda, um, has an amazing transmission of truth and is so beautiful. Um, uh, living in the in the Himalaya with the Himalayan masters um, by I think it's Swami Rama also another be beautiful book with amazing uh, transmission uh, any of the Bihar books have amazing transmission um, the Ramacharita Manas or the Ramayan uh, they're, they're two slightly different versions of the same story um, two different authors Tulsi Das and uh, Val, Val I'm not going to say his name wrong um, <laughs> Uh, but the transmission, this is what we need to prepare ourselves for. So to sit in the presence of truth doesn't have to be physically in the presence, although that is wonderful and, and something that we should definitely make use of if we get the opportunity. Um, and uh, reading the satsangs is also really important. Okay. Um, because the transmission of the lineage is something that is incredibly important, but you know, in our general populace, we are not taught that way. We're not, uh, we don't understand uh, about lineage or transmission or thread of consciousness or anything like that. So we reject it. And then our egos start creating this thing of yoga around the West about what we think it is and that, but, but when nobody's actually hooked into a lineage, it's like trying to, you know, light up a light bulb without attaching it to electricity nothing is going to happen yes you'll have a pretty glass thing hanging from your ceiling but so what right um you've got to hook it into the electricity and then you've got to flip the switch and these are your responsibilities um because the electricity is there whether you hook it up or not it's there and it's unconditional to whoever hooks it up to, but you've got to, you've got to hook it up and you've got to flick the switch. And this is what the practices do. This is what the lineage uh, um, holds space for. So this is satsang, right? So we have seva, karma yoga, and then we have satsang. Then we have swadhyaya. And swadhyaya uh, in the yamas and yamas of Patanjali, is um, self-study. 
Now, there are different trains of thoughts, okay? And, and I, I was talking to a, a student a little, little while ago about the um, seeming hypocrisy of some of the teachings uh, about what, um, you know, you'll hear, you'll read one satsang or you'll hear a satsang and they say, well, this is the teaching of this. And, and you're like, okay. And then you'll go to another satsang with the same person and they'll be like, and this is the teaching of this. Um, and, and you'll be like, whoa, hold on. You just said two completely different things. And so no, which one do I, which one do I uh, embrace? Which one do I follow? And the thing is, is that you have to always ask yourself when you're reading a satsang or when you're doing self-study of Swadhyaya is who is this person talking to? Because guess what? They're not always talking to you. <laughs> right? They're not always talking to you. They're talking to the audience of what that satsang was given. And sometimes um, the, the instruction to one level of consciousness is one thing because that level of consciousness needs to get here. Okay. Now, if, if, if somebody gives a teaching of this level of consciousness to get here, they can't do it. It's too far. It's, it's too much of a leap. It's, it's gone beyond what they're capable of. So then they'll just forget about it altogether. So they give the teaching, which will get them to hear, which is wonderful. But then you hear a satsang for this level of consciousness and the teachings here, right? You've got to be able to keep going in that so depends on where your level of consciousness depending on on the teaching that you're going to get and so you know sometimes the teaching looks contradictory but i assure you it's not it's who are they talking to okay and so with swadhyaya you'll hear you know swadhyaya is self-study it is immersing yourself in studying of the scriptures of the gita and the ramacharita manas and yada 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 um and and to learn the stories and to embrace that and and that is swadhyaya it is beautiful it is necessary it is one level of consciousness right and then you'll hear another teaching that says swadhyaya is not just the the teachings of uh reading the stories it is it is not just that that is that is that is not what swadhyaya is swadhyaya is <laughs> and you're like whoa hold on i just thought we were told to like read stories um that that is self-study, but okay. So different levels of awareness have a different level of self-study. Okay. So here's the tip, some of the different levels of self-study. Um, the first level is to read the stories of Ramachirita Manas, which is Ram and Hanuman and Sita and Lakshmana, um, or the Gita or the Upanishads or, you know, all of these things. So these are the self-study of uh, reading the, the scriptures, okay? Then beyond the mundane mind, just reading the scriptures and deciding whether or not you believe it or not, or whether or not you understand it, there is a frequency or a transmission that sits beyond the words. And if you can absorb and read uh, the Ramacharita Manas, for example, or the Gita, um, not from a, an analytical mind of, well, I don't believe that, that blah, 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 blah. But from this place of just reading the words and allowing yourself to feel 
story, you'll start to tap into the transmission of it, which means you'll start to absorb that frequency of light that it embodies. And that is what creates transformation. Okay, so you got to become aware of the frequency, right? Um, beyond the mind, beyond the analytical, rational mind. Okay, that's how the scriptures and Swadhyaya of studying the scriptures actually becomes satsang because you start to tap into the frequency of the lineage that goes through that, that work. Okay, then you get to another stage of Swadhyaya where you start to understand the difference between knowledge and experience, okay? And that has to come through, that, that sort of dovetails very nicely with uh, karma yoga. So when you start practicing karma yoga and you start studying karma yoga, then you come into another layer of swadhyaya, of self-study, okay? So the living, you're, you have to start studying yourself through action, through living. And so you do this um, with a, a series of questions that you ask yourself at the end of the day, which is actually prescribed by Swami Shivananda, which we have included this week for you to start doing. And it's looking at your day from a reflective place of studying yourself. Really start to study yourself and see where's your strengths, where's your weaknesses, what are your ambitions, what are your needs, what, where are you working with, what do you need to work on, where did you get it right, where did you not get it right, where can you try a little harder tomorrow, where did you like totally ace it today, you know, these are also layers of self-study. Um, and that takes us from the understanding of knowledge and into experience, okay, because you can know the teaching of a parigraha of of non-greediness right uh but do you experience the teaching of non-greediness or parigraha you know we know what what is right action often but our samskaras and our vasanas our impulses to keep our ego safe is so strong that we will go against those for our own self-preservation and this is just, this is a level of consciousness that we're trying to expand out of, yeah? So we got to take Swadhyaya from knowledge to experience. Because when Swadhyaya, an understanding of the teachings becomes through knowledge and stops at knowledge, then you use the teachings to create power over. And this is not optimal right this is dark magic okay because you're using the teachings of light for your knowledge to protect your ego which creates power over which becomes destructive what you want to do is you want to take the understanding of the teachings through self-study into experience and embody them that becomes a body of wisdom which then becomes a creative body. And remember, creativity is sattvic, right? So you're going from swadhyaya, which is rajasic, it's the action of self-study, and you're either going into power over and knowledge, which becomes tamasic, or you're coming into wisdom and experience, which becomes sattvic. And it has to go somewhere. The energy has to go somewhere, you know? And so this is why, I mean, as somebody that's very rajasic, um, somebody who uh is very strong in personality um that 
you know, will make decisions and will will follow through on those. I am aware that my ego has tremendous strength to be able to take the teachings and move them forward. So this is why I am so pedantic sometimes to a fault um, to not step forward in action unless it's coming from India because I know that I'll get it wrong if I just follow my own little, my own little train. And so it has to become this, it becomes this back and forth weave of, I have to look at the teaching, look at where that sits with inside myself. Then I have to go, what is my impulse to do? And then have enough humility to send that impulse to India and go, is that impulse right? It's not that I take the teachings and I don't know what to do. And so I just codependently ask India all the time. What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? They don't do codependency. They will not, they will not solve your problems. But if you can take three solutions to them, they're often kind enough to, to guide if you are doing, if they can see that you're doing the work behind the scenes. And so that is how I personally use my barometer of my ego and my, my, uh, responsibility for my own growth to do the work to see the teachings to understand the teachings to come into an experience of the teachings but then bounce that off the teacher or in my case the guru um, to make sure that the experience is going to come into wisdom and not come into power um, and because the opposite of power is humility. And so it's, um, it's challenging. It's, it's, it is, it's challenging for the ego to, to uh, not think it's always got it right. And to go, this is the teaching. This is my experience. This is my impulse or where I feel like I should, should go or where Niwa should go or whatever. And then send that and say, this is this is the challenge this is the options of solutions thy will be done and so it's coming from my will to thy will and so then if my will has had enough discernment to be thy will then thy will will come back and we'll go forward right if my will is not in right discernment then this uh will give a different instruction and and we will go with that um but that's humility. And again, that's why there's lineage is to be able to bounce off those things because the more the ego is making all the decisions, right? You'll top out. There's a glass ceiling. You can't get through until you come into humility and surrender. Um, and this is what Swadhyaya gives you a, the, the strength to understand that the courage to to move through that and the understanding of why then we have to go through surrender and humility past the glass ceiling and, and go higher than what the ego thinks it can do. So these are the tenets. When we, when we add these three things together, when we add these three uh, disciplines together, seva, right, or karma yoga, satsang, right, the opening to the transmission of truth through lineage, right? And again, to do that, you have to get humble to 
the frequency of truth to come through. It's not you're opening yourself up to having power over you. They're not interested in having power over you. <laughs> and if they are, you should run for the hills. Um, getting humble and surrender actually allows the satsang transmission to give you a direct experience, not just an acknowledge, knowledge that there is a transmission, but the experience of the transmission. And that experience of transmission opens your heart. That experience of transmission feels like love. That, that experience of transmission is um, compassion and kindness and patience and, and joy and, uh, and yeah, beauty. That's what tra the transmission feels like. And so when you've experienced that, you're like, oh, so everything that is not that is my work. Everything that is not that is my ego. Everything that is not that is my opportunity for growth. And that's how satsang works. Then when you've opened up to that satsang, when you've opened up to that transmission, when you're, when you're willing to come into surrender, because you've been practicing karma yoga, you're able to come into surrender and humility, that gives the self something to study. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? I hope so. <laughs> because it's really beautiful, but you need all three parts, right? And they all support each other and build on each other to create a lifestyle. And that's why these are the three tenets of living yoga. Seva, satsang, swadhyaya. But notice that swadhyaya, self-study, comes last because you've got to purify, open to grace and truth. Then you'll see what you're trying to study, okay? So that's not swadhyaya, satsang seva right but it could actually like just keep going because once you've studied then you'll be in more of a position to be in service right and then that it just snowballs but this is what living yoga is this is the this is the oh my goodness it's it's so beautiful to experience it in action and it's it can be so fleeting right but i i promise you that a moment of experiencing satsang and the transmission of a lineage, the moment of experiencing what it's like to be in the flow of a, of a Paramahansa's sankalpa in service, to, to feel swadhyaya, to see yourself and, and to see the discernment and to feel dharma in your day-to-day -day life is another paradigm. It is a whole different dimensional reality. And this is my wish for you, is to experience this. Um, so, yeah, seva, satsang, swadhyaya. Um, I'm looking forward to the discussion. Put your questions in the comments below. Uh, we'll see you soon. No more than I. Thank you for joining us in our Solace and Shine podcast. If you liked this episode, please subscribe, rate, and share it. We would love to hear what inspired you. And if you have any questions or topics that you would like for us to explore, please leave a note in the comments. 
Also, if you would like a daily dose of connection and raising of your frequency, join us on We Are, our online community. You can find the link in the podcast description. Follow the link and you will receive two weeks for free. See you soon. And don't forget, soften and expand.